personal power, people positive, the community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. You know how profound it is when you are around military people, and just to clarify again, I say this all the time, I'm a civilian, I married into a military family, um, been around it for many, many years, and yet you never really understand the gravity of what our men and women go through, especially come back, whether it's special force guys, rangers, or whomever, that, you know, you can't, everybody has their own, you know, way of dealing or, or, or dealing with an issue or issues they had faced when they're overseas or in theater when they come home. And uh, Gail and Few was, was incredible because when I, Tony Main is here, you know, the founder of the Ranger Outreach Center or the Rock without the K, at St. Luke Ministries, and uh, he, he retired. He's from Tampa, Florida, and he moved with his wonderful wife and children up here and to be part of the community outside of Fort Benning, Georgia, and made it easy for off-post accessibility to get what you need to get the, the, the assistance or whatever it may be through the Gallant Few Foundation, which started with Corey Smith uh, now 11 years from this podcast. Well, of course, we're just blessed to have the opportunity here. But when you talked about getting the resource, we look at what we do at Gallant Few as kind of like a hub and smoke and spoke. So yeah. we have access to a lot of resources. We spend a lot of our time researching organizations because you really can't help a person totally by yourself. Right. I wouldn't trust any organization that said we can take care of you cradle to grave. That's not how community works. That's not how society works. But we do know the power of making someone feel wanted and important to gain trust, to be able to help. And you best help through a community that helps. And so the Ranger Outreach Center, right, is a center, a place where people can come. And then we use community partners here in Columbus and then Gallant Few nationwide to find resources for the right solution to the for the right person. We're not gingerbread men and women, yeah. are we? <laughs> it doesn't know. There's no, no. no cookie. cut it out. You there's know? no cookie cutter answer. And because you're going to have to chase after <laughs> the gingerbread guy. And in and, and many cases, there's red tape and the bureaucratic crap. I li- like to say that we have to go through sometimes, you know, whether it's on post and not saying that's a bad thing. It's just there's ways of getting things done the right way. You're kind of, you're a logistically minded guy, retired ranger. I'll point that out to so everyone else. And, a guy who sees a big picture, but you, but you're also realistic in the process of getting people, you know, the, the, the needs that, they, that really help. And for example, um, I had the privilege to meet, you know, um, Mike Schlitz and, um, Michael was, uh, I, he knew through my nephew who knew some of the Rangers and I keep blah, 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 blah. Well, I met Michael and I ran for him for many years, him and his guys that he lost overseas, uh, from being attacked and, and, um, Michael is just an incredible guy, but he's he's a big part of your organization, kind of, I want to say the face in a sense, and on a national level, uh, a gallant few. But through the running that we do to get people participating, that has been kind of the legwork. I think more people want civilians, want everybody to understand there are many places you could go when you retire. I mean, there's different helps and there's different services, more than when, you know, <clears throat> your grandfather, my grandfather, or anybody else coming in from World War II, Vietnam, or whatever. And it's a, it's a privilege. I mean, this is great that our country can do this. So with Gail and Few, this umbrella has been outstanding. And, and I got to be part of it because Corey Smith was a ranger. And it started with him. But you said something pretty profound to me not too long ago. You said, Bob, 
Ranger start stuff. You know, you're kind of an SF guy in a sense, but you, you like that. And then you give it up to someone on a bigger scale. Explain it because now the umbrella has opened up for everybody in any branch of the military. Well, I'll, I'll give you just a quick uh, Ranger history lesson. Sure, go um, for The it. establishment of the modern-day Rangers, it only goes back to 1974 because prior to that, after World War II, after Korea, and after Vietnam, the Ranger units that existed were actually ended by the Army. There was always a fear of special operations forces within the Army. In fact, you do not have the modern Green Berets until the 60s. Sure. All right, because there's an idea that we can take anyone and train them to standard to do any job. Why do we need these soft guys? But finally, in 1974, when the Ranger Regiment, well, actually the 1st Ranger and 2nd Ranger Battalions were created, they were created not to be the soft units that you see today and know about from Afghanistan and Iraq and Panama and Grenada. Not, not at all. It was a way to get the United States... Army Ranger School, which can only take so many soldiers at a time and expand those same leadership lessons by placing more soldiers in a Ranger discipline style unit. And the charter that guides us um, is the Abrams Charter by General Creighton Abrams. And it said that we would be, in, in fact, the standard bearers for the Army because we're coming out of Vietnam. We've got long hair. We've got a lack of discipline. We have draftees um, who were exiting out of the service, and we were a broken army. That's not Tony Maine's opinion. You can read any sure. in, in, any recollections of, of where we were at, any, any, any history. So the idea of these two Ranger battalions, once again, not to be what you see today fulfilled in the 75th Ranger Regiment, a part of United States Special Operations Command, a way to get more soldiers into operational units who would have standards and discipline and then take that out to the rest of the force. So then when you have a high-trained group of soldiers, well, let's give them equipment to field first to see if it works for everybody else. We were tasked to be the most elite light-fighting infantry force. Task Force Ranger. Can and, 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 yeah. and then so we have yeah. that that responsibility to give back. So that we're, that. The nexus of rangers trying things first to test it out, to be a test bed, is how you get the idea that we create solutions that work on our level and then give them to the Army to solve problems at that very large organizational level. That's, that's how that's rangers lead the way. So that's where that comes from, rangers. And you hear that <clears throat> if you ever go, if anyone ever can get to this area, go to like the NIM, which stands for the National Infantry Museum, you have the uh, NCO side, you have the officer side, and um, and you retired officer, but you have the NCOs too. And I and I'm always proud to push my father-in-law. My father-in-law was with Fifth Company in Korea, going way back then. And the the, the old Rangers, if you will, or the you know the guys who are um, you know coming out of World War II that were the uh, uh, I don't see they weren't airborne, but they were the um, forgot what they the other name paratroopers they want to say or uh the, the, he was an airborne ranger mm-hmm. but as he went through the years as you said coming out of vietnam and he he expressed a lot of that what you said it was very became dysfunctional you got people because there's a difference of somebody who enlists willingly in an, an all volunteer army versus one that's draft and you're like geez i don't really want to go but i guess i gotta go and do my thing you know th- that's the difference you know you got people who go in now that want to be there 
and and want to be part of this. And and that getting back to what you said, they lead the way, and you've led the way in in such a great way of doing this Run Ranger Run, which now transcended into a Patriot Challenge, all supporting Gallant Few, and all the great things that they do to help support our men and women transitioning back to civilian life, and 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 it works, and and. Um, in many aspects, you know, we had Dennis Smith on here with Darby's Warriors Report before, you know, and I see a smile light up, another former Ranger. And uh, even he was a NCO, th- those guys, they, you were all the same. Like, I mean, you guys get in there and you, you get it done and you want to get this done. This is important that we get people all across the U.S. that are listening right now, anybody who's listening to this, to get involved. There's nothing more special and enlightening to help a veteran, whether you buy a cup of coffee, it's Veterans Day, or any other time you kind of sense it's a veteran over there, buy him something. Those little things go a long way to show your appreciation. We can show our appreciation by, look at this, do something for yourself to make yourself feel good, run, walk, ruck, whatever it may be. We have all these different activities to help support Galen Few. How could that be, Tony Maine? <laughs> well, it's it's all about yeah. building community. And I do want to clarify yes. one thing. I started I off as you an were enlisted soldier. Yeah, you were enlisted. That's right. You're right. And as we record this today on October yeah. 19th, this is the <laughs> 21st anniversary of the first ground forces going into Afghanistan. And God, so in the north, it. you had, you know, the the ODA from Special yeah. Special Forces. That, that came came from the north, started working with the Northern Alliance, but you also had Charlie Company, 3rd Ranger Battalion, conduct their nighttime infiltration jump into Objective Rhino in Kandahar Province, which I happen to be a part of. And on that on that jump are several of the people from Darby Warrior Support that you're That's thinking about. That's why you smiled. I was wondering why you saw, I saw you later. Well, and, and yeah. then as you brought in, what yeah. can we do? How does yeah. this work? We, yeah. we do things at, at Gallant Few through community. We're not great fundraisers. We actually should be bigger. If you look at our metrics of the sheer volume of people that we help, we're a multi-million dollar charity on a $100,000 budget. That, that's that's who, how we are. Wow. But it, it's be, we're, just, we're not the best fundraisers ever, but we build community. Yeah. And, and it, we hang our hat on that. So everything that we do, we are trying to bring people into – the Gallant Few ecosystem, because the Gallant Few ecosystem exists to get them connected to their local community. So Patriot Challenge that occurs in February. Is it a fundraiser? Yes, but it's a fitness fundraiser. And it's done with the construct of teams so that you are with other Americans, right, who also want to support the military, but you're getting the benefit of community, you're getting the benefit of fitness, right? And so do we make money off of it? Yes, that's how I exist. That's how I'm able to serve this year alone. I'm at 600 active duty or veterans that I've been able to serve at the Ranger Outreach Center because of Patriot Challenge. And we're super excited. And this will be the first time it's been announced publicly. But Run, Ranger, Run will come back next September. Oh, yes. And we we just found that some people, we, we wanted to grow nationally. You know, we started Gallant Few as a ranger organization because it was a ranger who found it was was based on Corey. but what did we talk about what do rangers do we try to make things bigger so our founder wanted to say we've got this kind of secret sauce with rangers that's working let's not limit it just to ourselves so now gallant few and the counseling that we provide either transition or reintegration is now open to everyone Makes sense. But we got some people who still want Run Ranger Run. So we're bringing it back September 1st. Tony, I get so excited when when you're saying this. 
because civilians that I work with, they even say, and these are people that have no military experience or anything, just love that. And they, they knew they were supporting the military, but they loved, I think they liked the, the sound of it, or they, they like the RRR and they like the, you know, the, the swag, you know, it goes with it. The swag is always cool. You got to love military swag. And, and it's all that combined. And I think they really did get into it. They knew they were supporting Gallant Few, but they just, I think it was just the way it was phrased or, or said or whatever. And it's because I guess it's the genesis of it. I mean, it started, so why not? And it was successful. Um, we know it's still Gallant Few. And I, I got the privy of seeing the, some of the new swag coming out. So wait till you see this. I, I should have wore it today. I have it at home. You gave me one as a sample. But just just to demonstrate, most people are listening to this podcast. But it says Gallant Few on the right side of your your torso. And it goes from down, up and down. And it's in its lowercase, the way you guys have your logo. And it's super cool. And it, it's got a really slick look. So I wore it in here one day. And then on the back... It has a cross and it talks about, you know, it's got all the messages that you want. And and so um, it's very simple. It pops. And uh, when I wore it, people were like, really, it's funny how that catches attention. But the team building, we did teams in this at my station. I'm hoping anyone listening, get your work involved in February. Um, you can get, uh, you can challenge people for other companies in town. We allow people to come on our team and sign up. And and we'll talk about that too because we'll go we'll go back into um, the way we sign up and stuff through it. But Classy's good, and we use that app to to do it. And there, there's always modifications. There's nothing perfect when it comes to that kind of stuff. We understand that, but but there's a lot of good things you guys have been uh, exploring and doing, and it's just exciting because as you're pushing that extra mile, you can't help but think, hey, think of the pain or or think of the struggle or think of even the person who's actually active or inactive coming home, what they got to go through. And we usually have one of your representatives come out like can candy came in here last Candace, excuse me. I, I was going to shoot me when I call her candy. Cause I know a candy, <laughs> but Candace Christian is part. She works under you who facilitates this. And she came on, on our site and people can do this too. And that gave her an opportunity to meet employees or whatever organization you're in to build teams and explain it. I answer a question. Why are you doing this? Or who we are? Like you just said here, you know, they hopefully get it from the podcast. But many of the things that Gallant Few does is amazing. And just a few of those things, I know you could rattle off, uh, the support that you give is tremendous, especially to that man or woman coming back. And, it, you know, they need help. They need spiritual guidance. It may not be that, or you may direct them over here to to get that that person they need to talk to a counselor or is it a family assistance thing? Maybe, you know, we know, I know from my family, I'm not speaking for you though, but I know this, this, the, you know, what it did in my wife's family. I, I know how she is today. Uh, Dad was deployed three times in Vietnam when her lifetime cycle. And before that he was in uh, the, the Taipei conflict of 58. And then before that he was in Korea. And, and my mother-in-law, it's funny what it does. To, it's not funny. I don't mean that in a, in a, sarcastically, I mean that it, it's just to somebody on the outside would say, you don't know what it, what families go through when they come home. There's stuff that you guys have love for country that comes first. And sometimes there's an adjustment and that adjustment sometimes requires a, a, a lot more than what you guys are getting. And you're there to listen. You're there to direct them and put them in those spaces they need to be in to help them kind of transition. And it may require the family too. So, you know, some of those things you guys do are just uh, important 
to the to our military men and women coming back as much as it is to the family. Well, it is, and you've got to go back to the the genesis and and the why we do what we do. And you need to take an honest look at who joins the United States military. It, we we would like to think that everyone is a patriot, that everybody wanted to join the military since they were a kid, and they believe in the Constitution and want to fight for their country. That's not an accurate representation of who joins the military. It's not even close. We come from a higher percentage of broken homes. We come from a higher percentage of exposure to imprisonment. We come from a higher exposure to significant illicit drug activity. And we come from environments where our peers don't succeed. That's That's profound. It's super profound, but it makes sense. And if you join Mm -hmm. and you leave that environment now at 18, 19, 20 years old, and you're taken out of that environment, and you go back into it four years later, there's some things that have happened. You're now back into an environment where you may or may not fit in. That causes struggle. You may be back in that environment, and the reason the things that the military has done in terms of discipline that kept you out, those guardrails are no longer there. That's a so you need to understand who a veteran is before saying, well, they have the advantages of services and they should be disciplined. We, we don't do that. Like, let's go back to what college used to be before it was accessible to everyone with expanded government assistance. Um, it was thought that college was for yeah. people who, who of means. means. And so yeah. they do well because they're already of means in the first place. Now, I think a lot of those barriers have been broken down, although it's still hard for a young person, depending on their environment, to go to college. So let's take that and look at the military now. That's why transition is so difficult. The average veteran has not had that adult figure over them who has been able to guide them. Remember, joining the military, you're leaving home. Think about how important your family is to you. And now you're choosing to leave home. That's a big deal. And your your so love for country's first. But yeah. is it running from home? That's a, that's a great way of looking at it. That's you're right. either ru- times. You're running to or you're running from something if you join the military. Not always bad. And there, there are some people who grow up reading history books like me who th- – you know, and, you take and it I, a step further. You're and I passionate. thought I was very patriotic. But then I look back at my own family background. You know, I come from a cinder block house in Appalachia. Right. I don't know my real mother. And so joining a team like the military, well, that was very powerful. Where do you think the difficulties are in my relationship with my wife? I'm an introvert. Yeah. And it's I don't want to talk yeah. about work. Right. I'm pretty intense. But that was all rooted back to my upbringing. The military amplified some of those things. It's not the military's fault, but the military amplified. So when we help folks in transition and we said we want to be the hub, you have to have a conversation. We do do some group things. Mm -hmm. We do group trainings. We do webinars, all those type of things. But just like whether it be Patriot Challenge, Run Ranger Run, and the fundraising or what we do with a veteran, we got to get to know you because we can't help. We say we're going to help. Well, we got to get to know you to be able to help. And that's the nexus of what we do. That's my that is spot on. I mean, you could almost end right there, but I, Tony, that's uh, that's interesting to look at like that. I remember 
maybe you can explain this to me. My, my father-in-law, he was inducted in uh, 2010, May of 2010, to the National um, Ranger Hall of Fame. He didn't want to do it. He, he was my nephew, was a ranger at the time, and, and he um, was a captain at, uh, at the Ranger Battalion. And he felt the need. He goes, man, he really needs to. They got to look at his history, Joe Gagnon, I'll say his name, and, and get everyone out in there. And he goes, I, you know, he got up there to accept it, not long-winded at all. And he says, you know, I'm a man of uh, very few words, if anyone knows me. And I want to thank my mother-in-law, Lucille, my nephew, you know, Mac, and, you know, of course, the Ranger Regiment, National Infantry Museum, blah, blah, blah. And he went through something real quick. I'm very quick, and, and so I don't, I don't want to mess it up as I'm paraphrasing. But at the very end, the suffix of that was, he goes, the Army's a very different place now. It's different, different time now. Rangers lead the way. And he <laughs> everybody clapped. Now, I'm talking about all that was probably within less than 10 minutes where everybody else had like an hour, <laughs> 45 minutes, which were all good. Don't get me wrong. But as you just said, it's interesting because you don't know who you're getting. And the, and the military does amplify that because many people, they do, they blame the military. Oh, the military made him do it wrong. And, and I love that you said that because you are who you are before you go in. You have to have that innate, that I was a kid and I, I wanted to do this. I want to serve or you're running away from something, like you said, in that case, I have to find family. And, and it is acceptance, because you guys are family. I've noticed that, you know, with my nephew, I've noticed that when you're part of it, you feel like a family. You guys are, when I witness it as an outsider, being civilian, but I watch and witness that. I think it's incredible. I love it, because it does feel like, God, you, who wouldn't want to be part of something like that? But then when that's guardrail, I love you said guardrail. That's another, you create these great images. I think bumpers and bowling, you know, you get the bumpers to help boom, boom, the ball always goes the right way because of those guardrails, everything goes the right way. But as soon as those guardrails are released or the hedges are lowered, I think of Isaiah nine ten. It, it now look what happens. They're exposed to the outside world. i don't know how to fit in. How do I get there? And people got to understand that. And that's where gallant few comes in and, and the run ranger run when it started and all that, Corey Smith's pain. I mean, you guys can look at, I won't get, get in that, you know, to distract what we're talking about here today. But, you know, he came back with all this. His wife leaves him and he decides he's going to run 565 miles to Indianapolis from Fort Benning in February, for crying out loud, 28 days. And then, you know, to the point where he's got, you know, fractured this and that and his feet are killing him and he's on a bike and whatever way we can get him over to that finish line just to show how important this is to, he had to get through his pain and, 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 and everything. It's, it's so hard to fundamentally understand this. And I'm sure, like you said, Corey had something going on and then it, it transcended into now personal things coming home. Where's the support? Wife left, kids back up in Indiana. You know, the men, you know, he encountered, you know, when he was overseas losing somebody in, in his unit. And now you got to deal with this. Gallant Few has many different ways to get to know you. And then, then they can extrapolate that and they can at least find the right resolution to to get your problems or issues or whatever they may be or help you need. And it's it's um it is a great way to do this. And if you can continue to team build like a like the Rangers or some of these guys in special ops back in that started this is a, is a great way to give back. And there's so many people that oh what can I do? What can I do? I'll tell you when you rack up with a team 565 miles or do it individually 
you know, if you're a bike rider, I find that those are great ways of getting free. I call them free mile Peloton, free miles. <laughs> you can do a thousand. We have guys on our team like go ridiculous, like 800 miles. How the hell did you get that? There's no way you can get that, but you can. And this, it makes it fun. You expanded the, the way of earning the miles now. So when we, when we do the uh, February, uh, you know, team building and we do the Patriot challenge, it's great because it gives you an opportunity to find that part of how you can earn miles in an easy way. Well, you're, if you're an act, your activity can earn this ballerina. If you were a, a walker, I said, rocker, hiker, a rower, um, stationary bike rider, a real bike rider, a, a, an actual, somebody who wants to run, go run. And you can earn a swim, you know, and keep going on and on. Um, you can add these miles to this and raise money at the same time by, you know, sharing on social media, uh, whatever you can do, and that money goes in to help support the nonprofit. And, and even off-post, because I think the off-post thing, to me, there's a lot of guys I found that I know, and maybe you could speak to this, that they don't want to go back on post. I think when they're done with the are some guys are like, not all. Uh, my father went in. He lived at Fort Benning. Right to the day he died. But there are guys that just like, hell, I'm, I'm done with that. But having that off-post accessibility, you you found that in your heart. I know you pray, you're a man of faith, and you found a way to get a local church to, to, to build this facility and not build it. It's there, but to create this facility to house anybody that needs the assistance. Well, it goes back to what we talked about with Patriot challenge. Anyone can be in Patriot, but it does take that step to want to be involved. So we knew, and as we looked at our transition from the military, uh, my wife and I, you know, we say there's, there's three things you got to look at location, job, and money. Over time, what we see, and I've been doing this as a volunteer or as full-time staff for over eight years, success comes from picking a location. It is not job or money. Okay. Because location is where you hang your hat, and that's your free time. And as we speak with people in transition, as we kind of try to re-engineer from a promotion system in the military, that's what's called an up and out. It means you either keep on getting promoted or you get kicked out. You're now in the civilian world where you're in control. And we want you to enjoy life when you're not at work. Purposeful employment's important. Mm -hmm. But if you pick the right location that provides the ability for you to pivot jobs because it has opportunities and you're able to do what you want to do on the weekends and you can walk the dogs in the snow if you want to live in the snow, you can walk your dogs on the beach because that's where you want to walk your dogs. That's what true happiness, not that purposeful job and money. A purposeful job is something that business will tell you is important. Now, you do want to like what you do, but if your satisfaction is in an office and not at home, there's already going to be a disconnect that needs to be repaired. So that, that's, that's the first point. So we decided in 2017 that we would come back to Columbus, Georgia, which we love, and run a military ministry out of our church. And we did not know what that looks like. I did not know what my job was going yeah. to be, and I didn't know how much money I was going to make um, in whatever job I was going to get. But because we made that decision, other opportunities came up. So I was like, okay, I can, I can work for a Synovus or a TSIS. I can start my own business. I know what I need in Columbus, Georgia. But we made the decision on location, and we made faith a priority to run the Ranger Outreach Center. So now if you look at the Ranger Outreach Center on 2nd Avenue, um, 1022, happy for anybody to come by. We'd love to show it to you. Um, in that St. Luke campus, it's all about the people that are there. So crew military, who has over 36 volunteers that has the ability to teach spiritual fitness classes, 
to our soldiers on, on Fort Benning. There are partners. They're there. Um, the ranger associations, every ranger association is welcome. Southeast vet-to-vet peer P- PTSD support, they use our facility. That's over a dozen African-American um, Operation uh, um, Desert Storm. Sorry, it's been a while. No, Operation no, no, Desert Storm and, Viet- and Vietnam veterans who use yep. it, right? So it is an integrator. It's a diverse place, and it's free for use for military units, spouse groups, and veteran organizations because the mission of that place, right, is to transition and to provide help to veterans. The vision, which is more important, of the Ranger Outreach Center is we would love for churches across the nation to realize that there are over 50,000 veteran and military support organizations, and the biggest overhead you could have is what? Space. And you got it. And, and churches have it, mm-hmm. right? So let's now talk about why we do this in the faith component. Uh, no one gets beat over the head with the Bible. I am a Christian. No one gets beat over the head with the Bible. And they don't even get a soft sell on Christianity. But I talk to everyone about faith. So let me... Yes. Do, I, I don't like conjecture. I've spent my career in organizations where data drove decisions. We got high-value targets... You know, warheads on foreheads was by data, not by hope, not by luck, by data and the work that provided the data. So let's look at an issue that is crippling our society, especially the veteran community. And we have a veteran on. I'm sorry we got to talk about suicide, but we're going to talk about it in terms of data and the reality of the situation. There is no statistical significant difference between people of faith and non-believers in terms of suicidal ideation. And an ideation is a thought process. There's, there's no difference. I never See, that's interesting. I would have thought no, the d- contrary. Because depression, because depression is a human condition, condition, as is joy. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Sadness, right. sa- sadness, or N- whatever. N- yeah. Name it. Yeah, make yeah. your little wheel with yeah. all your smiley faces right. from frown to up, <laughs> yeah. you know, smile. Yeah. They're all there. However... In terms of a suicidal action or attempt, someone of faith, any faith, is two-thirds less likely to go from ideation to attempt. This is data. For anybody who doesn't believe me, Google this. There you go. It's in three separate studies you can take a look at. You can contact me at TonyMain at GallantFew.org. I'd be happy to send you the studies. I want to engage with you on this because our problem in society right now is because of equal opportunity laws, mm-hmm. and a fear of upsetting people that we don't talk about faith in terms of wellness. We just ignore it. Right, right. If you understand that you are unique, which we all know scientifically that we're unique, right? Like, right. I don't know how about it was 148 chromosomes or whatever right, is in exactly. the DNA. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what it is. It's, Let's it's, stick out. Like, biology's not our thing. Yeah, but, but like, <laughs> but you're it's right. great. We're, yeah. we're, we're all uniquely made. We right. all are different. So scientifically, we can get everybody to agree on that. If you right. agree that you were u- uniquely made for a reason, and that reason usually comes back to your faith, right. it just doesn't we'll have two-thirds less suicides. Is that not something that our government and we as caring individuals for our fellow man should should care about. 
So do I ask people about their faith? 100%. Amen. And whatever, and whatever they believe in, I try to assist them going down the road in what they believe without imparting my own belief system. Now, if they are a Christian, then I want to help and foster that because that's the same team, and mm-hmm. they've already made that kind of agreement with me that well, they do it. Two steps ahead now. Yeah, yeah so now, yeah. Now, now we're good, right? Yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm not trying to convert anybody. Um, what I do with Gallant Few um, into anything more than understanding that if they're going to make a decision to be faithless, that they can say statistically it's bad for their health. That that, that you you can't say it any better than that. That that's so profound. You said Google it. Tell them where to go, Tony Main, because you will engage on that at any time anybody has any any thought thoughts of that or are dealing with that, or if you know someone who's dealing with PTSD or to the point where they may feel suicidal. Too many people of our military are dying unnecessarily. And I think this, my gosh, is a is a great thing that the ministry came into this and you're this is why this all came to fruition. I mean now this is where you're at. Um that that I mean, it makes sense. But it's so great the way you explain that with data. This way, you know, faith could really make all the difference, and you incorporate that in with the Rock Ranger Outreach Center. R period. It's the acronym O period C period. Okay, <laughs> so check it out. Gallonfew.org forward slash R O the Rock the Rock the Rock. Excuse yes, me, the Rock, and you'll see it right here at the bottom of the page. Tony Main, man, the founder, retired military. The guy's got it, you know, spot on. Uh, appreciate your service, everything you've done, even in the community. We're just thankful you were you were uh, you were supposed to be here. That that was the will. <laughs> well, Bob, we're, we're yeah. just. I just want to say from from my heart and from our yeah. team at Gallant Few, we're so happy that you're part of our team. You're a perfect example of it. Does not take military service right. to care and be a part of what is the world's finest military organization. Amen to that. You're right. And you lead the way. Thanks for doing that. Tony Main, you can see and hear more of Tony always right here at WRBL.com. You can see Tony and he's got his gallon few shirt on. I have one. I was like, I didn't wear it, Tony. Doggone it. I, I should have worn it. But I wore, I got the my green, what is this called again? The military. I got this from uh, uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Mike uh, Ferret. He had a whole bunch. Of, one day I was out there. So I just wear, I just love wearing it. It's what you guys wear underneath your Camouflage. Camouflage. Thank you. I can't even speak. See, that's why I'm not in the military. (laughs) So anyway, I just butchered that. But go to WRBL.com, and you could see the audio and video portion of this, too. And wherever you consume your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, wherever it may be, uh, we got you. We got you there. So if you're traveling, check it out. It's anywhere in the nation. You know, we're talking about Gallant Few, and Tony leads the way here locally. Um, and, and now he's in our very hyper-local chapter instead of the national level. And I'm so glad he is because we get we get him more <laughs> when we need him, <laughs> right? I can, I can get him on speed dial a lot faster, but he's still a very busy guy. Tony, thank you, and we'll see you all next week on the Bob Jeswold Show.